So, welcome to another Brewster Podcast. Um, I don't know if you guess by the music that we're listening to that uh, I am talking to Randy Regan, who is coming to us now from, he says it's Manama, but I'm still going to pronounce it Manama, uh, maybe, uh, Bahrain. Home of the Pearls. Home of the, home of the Pearls. Right, Home of the Pearls. Um, and we decided, just kind of spur of the moment here, to maybe do a little bit of a review of the season, talk about maybe some surprises and maybe some of the trades and then look at the playoffs coming up here since we're just about there. So welcome, Randy, again. Uh, thanks for helping me out on short notice. No worries. It's true. We are now truly a worldwide podcast. Yeah, that's kind of, well, right. We were worldwide before. We just can't get Nigel on a podcast. Uh, well, we haven't tried <laughs> really hard, but time zones. This is actually easier. Like, you're offset enough that it's just morning for me when it's night for you. So that's... Really yeah, it is, it is It is. 8 p.m. here. I am nine hours ahead of everybody in the central time zone. So it's legitimate, though, then, for you to be drinking something, then, right? Well, if they sold anything besides non-alcoholic beer outside base, sure. Oh, that sounds awful. Well, I mean, you could get it in restaurants, but I have yet to find a convenience store that sells beer. I'm saddened for you. I am, I am, I am drinking. It doesn't matter to me that it's 11 a.m. I had my first beer with breakfast this morning. And, hey, uh, Sunday's a Sunday's a good day. I can tell you, I've been through it. Sunday is a good day. I'm having the uh, <laughs> Urban Chestnut, which is a brewery in St. Louis, uh, Vickle. Um, it's pretty good. Vickles are uh, a subtype of, I guess, I don't know how to say Keller beer. It translates to cellar beer. It's a type of beer that was made uh, in cellars. Um, it's so it's kind of you know cold, cold yeast. Um, un- not really that filtered that so much. It was, so it's cellars. So what's up? So it was made in cellars. So it's coming direct from Des Moines. Correct. Yes. Um, oh, it should be mean, <laughs> mean to the kernels already. Um, but I don't know. There's a thing where they like, they leave the bung out, of the, the plug out of the bung hole. It's a little less carbonated, and then they put it in like right at the end, so it maintains a little bit. They're kind of they're and the, the, the Vickle is a variety of it that's not very hoppy, which is right up my alley. I was going to say, I, I know you're not a hop guy, so. Um, so that's that's beer snobbery with Tedgeman. <laughs> anyway, it's, 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 a, it's a Bavarian lager. It's, you know, it's a little sweet. Um, not tremendously, but it's a little bit maybe sweet. And the hop edge is, is kind of minimal. And this one, some of them are hoppy, but this one's not. That's why I like it. So seasoned. See the season thoughts. Any big overarching thoughts you had about this year? Uh, I'm happy Edmonton's good. We've been saying they were going to be good for how long, and they finally are. Are you surprised at all at how good? Like that it was just this, like a light switch being flipped on, or is this what should have happened a couple years ago, um, and it just didn't? Or you think this is maybe a little lucky that it worked out so well? Or is this all just uh, Robillard just you know being a beast as Fred said? He I'm not surprised they're as good as they are. I'm surprised Seattle is did not perform as well as they could have. I thought. I thought. I thought they would have two teams over ninety. Yeah, that's a little. So I mean, I guess maybe maybe Ed, maybe Ed, maybe Edmonton's a little higher than I thought. I thought they'd be in the low nineties. I thought they could definitely be a ninety-one team. Um, but I thought Seattle would also be over ninety, and that would be a 
close division race that the rest of the Frick had. So I, um, I, as the other two divisions were decided by one game. I think I uh, underestimated And that one was decided by 12. I, I, I think I underestimated Edmondson's pitching. I think that, that was my, you know. And they did pick up Jesus Ramos, who decided to be the good uh, Jesus Ramos. They picked him up last year, but like decided that he would continue to be the good version of himself. Um, and Bobby Lynch came back. Yep. Kind of rounded back. He actually bumped. He, you know, he got back the stuff that he lost, which is nice to see for a young player. You know, Maxine Menso uh, had a had a pretty solid year after being disappointing last year, and you know, it just it came together came together really nicely. And it, it, I think it just goes to show you how how little it takes when you've got the kind of talent they had to just actually, if someone just plugs the holes and uh, commits to winning, that it's. Uh, Going to Seattle, who you're a little, you know, surprised. I think the thing that uh, has maybe been overlooked, Alfredo Contreras has fallen apart. He's 31, and it's, it's over. He, is, uh, he has hit the velocity lump monster. Um, although, I mean, he only lost a mile an hour, but, like, he was a guy with a marginal fastball that relied on breaking stuff. And his fastball is now super marginal, and... His breaking stuff has lumped a bit. I think he's just one of going to be one of those early, early career fall apart kind of guys, and that's unfortunate. Which I mean, it's funny because if you look at his numbers, he had a decent season. Yeah, but not by his standards, right? Like, um, well, actually, his war's fine. You know what? He he rounded into shape. He was uh, maybe I was overselling this. I I remember him looking at splits now. Yeah, he was not good. Um, in June and July, and he kind of pulled it together in August, somewhat. So I mean, he wasn't great. Like he wasn't. I think for some reason, Seattle guys seem to have high WAR. Like Walter last year was good, but I don't know if he was quite as incredible as the WAR said he was. I don't know if it's their ballpark or what, but yeah. And what, what's with Walter this yeah. year? Right, like almost a five ERA out of him. How's that? So I think you just said that. I was distracted looking at his stats while you said the same thing. I think I just said, but um, yeah, like the, the, I, I mean, I get that Walter. I'm sure if you look at his FIP, it probably isn't. Yes, FIP is three eight seven, but still a three eight seven gets you a five three. Well, the three eight seven for him also is pretty poor, right? Like, no, but I'm saying I don't know if that's a, a five over five war season. I, I think it is actually I, I mean, right now. I was looking around. I think pitching's pretty okay. bad. Uh, there's somebody, uh, I can't remember what I was looking at, but somebody turned in like a 4.7, um, 4.7 FIP, and that was like league average. So, <laughs> um, you know, I mean, just some park adjustments and other stuff going on that makes this all a little bit wonky, but like, not wonky, but just hard to track. Um, and I, I think our starting pitching in this league right now is just, it's just not very good. Um, because, and then that. Yeah, I mean, of, like, I'm looking at my my go-to pitcher, you know, John Reed, with a 4.18, had a fit minus of 89. Right, right. And that's, you know, you look at a team like mine, um, and I do not really have that impressive offense. Now, it is suppressed somewhat by my park, and it is helped out, on the other hand, by the fact that I can just launch home runs with all these lefty power hitters. But, um, you know, and you. I, I don't get on base. You're very, very good. for average. And by base runs, I was the best team in the league. And it's just because I have pitching when no one else does. Yeah. I think it's just kind of the story of the league right now is just pitching is not not very good. Um, 
towards it's you know it's spotty. So yeah, but I, I agree. I, I thought Seattle would be better than this. Um, you know, and they got a great year out of Juan Escobar. Um, you know, relatively speaking, I was looking at that earlier because I was looking at doing some of my leaderboard updates for the active guys, mm-hmm. and yeah, I was looking at him and he had a, I mean, it was a good year. Like I'll, I'll take that if I'm anybody with Escobar. Right, especially if it's like a, you know, your your guy that you're holding on, hoping you can have those career stats. And I mean, what was two ninety eight, three forty two, four seventy? Right. And I mean, out of your DH, OPS of one of two. That's sub ideal. Was he DHing or was he playing first base? Uh, let me DHing. see. Feeling he was DH. So it's, I mean, it's not great out of your DH, but there's teams of worse ones. And let's face it, we're. Uh, there are owners in this league that play legacy guys that perform far worse. Right, right than that. Yeah. Yes, I'm. You can't see me, but I'm staring at you through the phone. Oh, I was gonna say, are you talking about me? Um, <laughs> I did stop this year. I benched Chris Vasquez finally, um, and I benched. Uh, actually, I benched Chris Vasquez by just putting on him on the bench, and apparently he's so bad that I don't have to do anything else. He just never got. Well, I got to get a couple of games. He got into a couple of games in uh, in August, and uh, you know, a couple of games in September, just on his own, uh, with my manager being stupid. And I am actively benching Ricardo Diaz because um, he's just been so bad. I gave him a couple starts when I had like injury problems, just because I figured maybe a miracle come out there and he'll get that six ERA down to like five or something. But no, it's nine point six this year because he is just. Oh, He's the other, the other thing with es- the other thing with Escobar is Nathan paid him a million and a half this year, and he's pay- and he's got a team option for a million and a half next year, which I'm picking up if I'm him. Oh, I'm sure he will. Yeah, I mean that's you know he's got he got more out of him. I'm paying my guys like one point five, one point you know million and a half, and I'm getting nothing out of them. God, I hope they retire yeah. this offseason. Please, <laughs> for the love of God, one of them retire. I just want the roster spot back. I'm I'm a platoon heavy guy playing with a 25 man roster because I've got Chris Vasquez and Ricardo Diaz taking up spots and it's killing me. Um, that's enough about that. Uh, so Calgary, I I think finished about where Calgary what I would expect. I, I think yeah, I, I mean they I don't think they were as bad as they were last year when they right. for some unknown reason just sucked. <laughs> right, and I think that uh, Kevin didn't really like wasn't, you know, throwing, he wasn't pushing real hard to win this year. I think this was kind of a transition-ish year for him. Yeah, but it's, like he wasn't selling off, he wasn't selling it off, but he wasn't making moves to try to right, and, and he did to get it in. He, he did sell a few guys um, last year, but you know, I look going forward, I think he looks really good. You know, you still got, he's 31, so you know, you gotta know that the clock's ticking, but you still got Cristobal Hernandez um, and Jimmy Greenwood is getting older, but you got you got to figure they're at least two, three type starters. You know, I think Hernandez well, probably still is close to an ace. Jefferson Pierce is just terrific. Um, you know, Carlos Rodriguez kept bumping, and Jesus, now he's like a seventy-five potential. Like that's that's nuts. And, and you know, yeah, Gilliam is a five. Yeah, and I, I think. Yeah, um, and he's got more guys. He's got a couple more because I was looking for right-handed high movement starters. He's got some other guys coming up, so his bullpen will be fine. The weird thing is that his teams are always kind of these big home run hitting right-handed home run hitters, and I don't, I don't see him. He's got Jose Rios 
That's it. Yeah. Oh uh, well, there's some other guys like you know. I think I think in a role Henry Jones the third can do okay. Um, Nakanashi's a nice player. Uh, no. Oh, I like Nakanashi. I was just looking at right-handed guys. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, right. So what did he end up doing? Is he still paying Rupert Grant all of the money? Oh, um, to be bad. To be a seven sixty one of yes, first matter of fact. Yeah, although the uh, the, yeah, ratings, the ratings change make it look like maybe he didn't love quite as much as we thought he had, but he's still not very good. He's still probably going to take that $12 million option for next year for two back-to-back negative war seasons. <laughs> yeah, if he opts, you know what, if he opts out, you know, I, I'm going to drop. I, you, you think from, like, my tone and discussion of general things that I hate this game, I don't. I really, really enjoy it, so I'm going to try to curb my constant negativity regarding Nordsky, because I really do like the game quite a bit. Yeah. Boise's bad. <laughs> I think the, uh, yeah, Boise's the GM of that team would agree with us quite a bit. Yeah, all, all, of his, all of his guys mysteriously lumped, and nobody knows why. You know, that was weird. I don't... Maybe Jeff will tell me what was going <laughs> Because he was in on the talks about, like, what the timing of the ratings change. And then he, I don't know, if he, like, got a brain fart or whatever. Yes, um, he was. That's why I was confused. Yeah. I don't know what to make of Vancouver. They're, they improved. I mean, yeah. I thought they would really suck. They were bad. Like, I thought they would be in the Valencia, Hawaii, Des Moines, like in the low 60s wins. And, I mean, I didn't think 75 is... I didn't expect them to be that bad. I thought, I thought they were going to improve. I just don't know, like... I don't know that you can build from within anymore entirely. And I think that's what we like to do. And I just don't know that it can work. I think you have to trade... You have to trade or sign free agents. I don't think you can just do it with all prospects the way the game is now and as competitive as we who do you, are. Who do, you think, who do you think likes to do that? Uh, the, oh, shit, Vancouver. Oh, you switched over. I'm to, switched to Valencia. Uh, I'm yeah. an idiot, and um, I get my teams mixed up sometimes. They're both on the West Coast. One of them's in a different country. Taylor, right? Taylor, yeah. Sorry, Taylor. Taylor, um, favorite. I like Taylor. We talked about Taylor on the last podcast a bit. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm old. Just give me a break. I get confused easily. Um. Yeah. Yeah. No, I thought Valencia. I thought Valencia would be better than they were. But. Yeah, that's that's why I was actually talking about what I thought of Valencia this whole time, which is why I was really confused when I was scrolling through their players and not seeing the people I thought was on that team because it was looking at the wrong team. Yeah. I, I don't know, though. Same thing with Vancouver. I, I, I don't know. They're a little better. How do they do in terms of what they expected record? You know, they were expected to be 70, I mean, I, 71 and 91, so they beat their they beat their expected record by a little bit, but enough to make it. I mean, I know, yeah, I know that offense also suppresses, uh, like that ballpark suppresses offense, and they traded Popo, who was probably their best, off, well, along with Mene, their best offensive player, but man, that offense is bad. It's really bad. Um, they were going to need some help there. And I, I'm not really impressed with their pitching. And that's that's kind of the thing. Like, It's not. Their pitching's got some okay parts to it, but um, it lacks kind of you know, front-end guys. And when you look at their top really prospects, they're really not that close. All right. Well, Arellano is up right now. He's still technically their number two prospect because I think they must have just called him up in September. Right. I'm not sure. 
I'm not sure why necessarily. Uh, well, I guess he was doing he was doing good. He he had two good years in AAA, so I get giving him a shot. The other thing is that we're gonna, with, we're gonna have to like learn to look at um, development a little bit different. Either we all need to be keep teams are going to be needing to use the um, rearings relative to level option a whole lot because. Remember, it's before it was like the distance between one and two was the same as the distance between like four and five, right? That's not the case anymore. Yeah. Now it's going to be like you're going to blow through like one, two, three, and then you're going to sit at four and five forever because there's more yeah. rating clumped into that group. So um, he may be more ready than we think he is. He did pitch well in AAA. Well, and if you. Well, I was going to say, he had back-to-back good years in AAA at 19 and 20 years old. So, I mean, yeah, well I get... Him. Yeah, I would still... I mean, you start him in AAA next year, but, like, giving him a cup of coffee is not a bad idea. Um, yeah, just to see kind of maybe... I mean, if he had blown you out of the water, maybe you'd start him in the majors next year. Right. But, like, Jose but, Ramirez, you know, he needs, he needs to finish his development, but he could be an okay pitcher. And the Negus, though, isn't really that close to being... Developed, unfortunately, because the changeup just doesn't seem to want to move. And you know, they've they've just this is a team that like doesn't have that overwhelming number of parts. They've got a bunch of number three guys. I think Arlano could be like a two. Maybe even a well. Yeah, I think well, he's he's the one exception. I no, if he fills out, he can be a two. Yeah, I think he can be a two. I think um, yeah, uh, but. They, they need they need bats too, and I they just they need so much, unfortunately. So but look, I mean, if you're gonna be in the if you're gonna be in the division and struggle, that's the division because I think it's pretty clear the frontier is probably the weakest of the six that we have. Uh, yeah, but with the exception of maybe the southeast, I don't think it's by that much. Okay, heading over to it's us. Definitely- Let's talk about the Pacific here for a second. Did you? What do you think you were going to take the take the division lead back from me, or did you? Did you think your oh. goose was cooked and you were going to be a wild card? I thought I was going to be a wild card because who do I have in my pitching staff? Yeah, and then I just blew <laughs> I have, every. I have the immortal. Series. I have the immortal John Reed, and that's about it. No. You, I threw a guy literally that I signed off the scrap heap, Armando De Leon. Look at him and just cry. Because I pulled him off the scrap heap in like June, threw him on my AAA roster. He's like a 27-year-old guy. I'm pretty sure he made his major league debut against you and pulled something out of his ass that I didn't even know existed. It was remarkable. Yeah, I hate ending a season like this. I'm not optimistic about my playoff chances. Back into the playoffs, it just doesn't feel very good. Although, like you said, you mentioned that when you won it all, you did pretty poorly right up beforehand. So, you never I was, know. I was very- um, you know, I, I think being I mean, kind of front runners for our teams are not the most exciting to talk about, really. Well, it's funny because I have the offense, you had the pitching. We're going to meet for the third straight time in the playoffs, probably, and it's going to be another seven-game marathon. I keep saying that, but I really don't think that I – I honestly don't think I'll get past Twin Cities in the first round. They just swept me. I think I, I think I sucked against them all year. And yeah, sample size isn't tremendous, but like it is, you know, it's like 10 games. Oh, um, hold on. Let me see. I'll, I'll look up how you did it against them head to head. Hold on. I feel like I did poorly, but no, I'm not in trouble. I'm 
not, I was just scrolling through the schedule looking for it. So, um, stats plus. Stats Plus is a thing where you can check head-to-head record against with any two teams. While you're doing that, I'll just get my plugs in. Um, Miguel Ramos won a triple crown, which is pretty cool. Um, you they were nine they were nine and zero against you in the regular season. Holy shit! shit. Yeah, the playoffs don't look good. <laughs> I thought it was bad. I didn't know it was that bad. Uh, oh. Games two to one, nine to two, three five to three, three to one, five to three, two to one, three to one. Three to two and seven to three. So you did not score more than three runs in any game against them this year, and you had more games with one run than anything else. <laughs> oh, that's awful. Yeah, well, it's going to be quick, so I'm not going to be meeting you in the next round. Well, so I'll get my plugs in for my guys. I think Miguel Ramos is a pretty strong uh, Nebraska case on the merits of leading his league and everything. I, the um, question isn't what Miguel Ramos is going to win the Nebraska. The question is, is he going to unanimously win the Nebraska? And I think the answer should be yes. Um, you know, he stunk. And he was on pace for eight more. Um, and he finished with the same amount that he started with. And set, like, started September with. So I'm a little disappointed by his end of the season run. But I don't know. I don't but at the same time, he's, I don't still, care. he's still that much better than everybody else, though. Yeah, he pitched really well. It was a great year for him. I was excited. The other guy I'd like to plug, and I know it won't make any difference, but I'm going to do it anyway, is uh, Augusto Cardenas for uh, reliever of the year. Because he pitched 101 innings of two ERA ball for 3.64 out of the bullpen. Who did this? Cardenas. Oh, sure. And uh, if you look at, like, the... Granted, the OTP rankings aren't amazing, but uh, he is the only reliever in the top 20 pitchers. Everybody else is starter. So that is uh, that is impressive. That should count for something. It won't because he doesn't have many saves. And he only has 18 saves because I don't use a closer. Uh, it's, Did he, is he hurt? No. Like, why is he not on your roster that I'm seeing? Oh, because the game is stupid. And when it assembled the playoff roster, it left him off. Oh, okay. I have fixed that. But yeah, like I was looking, I was like, why does my playoff roster look funny? And it figured that it would keep Roberto Moran uh, instead of Augusto Cardenas. It was pretty sure that was the way to go. Uh, your scrap heap signing of Jose Morales worked out nicely for you, so well yeah, done well done there. Yeah, I think he's lumping already, though. That's the danger with like those those 30-year-old RP conversions is that some of them just start to lump right away, and I think he's losing his stuff, which is frustrating. So well, I only get one year when, out of him, which stinks because I signed him to like, an extension for 900 yeah, you well, you signed him to a yeah nine hundred k a year with four years with the last two being team options. So even if he sucks, you're okay there. Yeah, I know. Um, other than that, you know, I I just backed into the playoffs like crazy. We had a we like that a losing month in September. We stopped hitting. That's why I'm actually why I'm worried is um sometimes my team. I, you've been around long enough. This is my art. I suck early. I absolutely catch fire in the middle of the season, and then I suck late. And I think it's a weather thing. Um. Something about the way my partner Well, the thing is, I don't know if you, I don't know if you necessarily sucked at the beginning of this year. It's just that I was lighting things up, so it may have looked my, like my, you did. But I didn't suck. I didn't, my offense went back to being dog shit in April, and it's gone back to being dog shit in September. So your pitch was good enough in April to survive because, well, you're got the yeah. pitching conveyor belt over there. But you can't. I mean, you know, winning, scoring one zero to one runs a game doesn't get you anywhere in the playoffs, and I, there's a good chance I'll do that. Well, your team, I'm, I'm yeah. just disappointed uh, injuries in your team because I think you have like 105, you know, 105. Even like everything goes right, 
I think middle of the season you had a 110 win team before the game took out all your starters. Um, I would agree with that. It just sucks to see like what could have been an epic, you know, all time run end that way. But you have, and I, I'm actually, I have a, I have a pending team news where I'm going to posit whether or not this was the greatest offensive season of all time. And I will make the argument that, yes, it is, despite the fact that I did not get the runs record, which, as you know, was something I had focused on for a long time. Well, you'll have to do some error comparisons. That'll be the hard part. Um, Anything else tremendously interesting in our division? I mean, we kind of finished about the way we thought we would, right? Like, Long Beach was kind of a strong wild defender, but, like, kind of had the impression before the season that they might not quite have enough, and that's kind of how it wins. Yeah, uh, you heard my I mean, frankly, there. no offense. What? Yeah, no offense, Lane. I was never worried about him as far as the division goes. I figured that would be a two-horse race between you and I, and he would be fighting for that wild card, which is pretty much what happened. And Valencia and Hawaii. I thought Hawaii might be a little bit. Kind of did what we thought. Didn't they get whacked by injuries, though? Did Hawaii? I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, they lost Yeah, they lost um, Lee Morgan and uh, Iron Knife to injuries. Really kind of hurt him. Tom's a nice pitcher, though. Tom is a nice pitcher. Well, no, why I kind of didn't know about him until the All Star game, but like he is interesting. And then He's put my together favorite, my favorite test case, Montreal. He's not very good, but I still like him. I like how his movement with the relative ratings it has now dropped to a one. Yep, <laughs> I enjoy his um, I enjoy his home run per per nine rate of two point six. I think it's fantastic. I like how he gave up more home runs than walks. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> 28 home runs, 25 walks. <laughs> uh, he's, he's, a, he's a cool player. Um, he's gonna, I mean, you're going to hate the guy the whole time you have him, but I think he can still be. He, I, I think he can be a useful piece. Maybe not. But... Even better, look at this. 28 home runs, 59 earned runs, and 99 hits. So more than a quarter of his... Basically, 28% of his hits were home runs. <laughs> and over half of his earned runs were just the batter on the home runs. That's not even factored in who else was on base. Oh, that's awesome. Which is absolutely incredible on every level yeah, possible. It, it actually doesn't matter. He's done. Um, he'll never pitch more than like maybe another season because he has um, a sore elbow right now. And that is after already having a ruptured UCL which is yep. after previously rupturing his UCL two years before that. So he is, it doesn't really matter if I like him or not. He's done. He's, he's just, you're also, you're also missing the tender shoulder that he had earlier this season that kept him out for five days, which yeah. granted not the elbow, but still though, I mean, you know, these guys, if any of them, if three of them, like, let's just forget Trudio for now. If Todd Morgan and Iron Knife are healthy next year, you can see Hawaii take a step forward. They're still going to have to find some bats, but, um, They've got some decent off- offensive players now. Um, I think Hawaii... Players, maybe not offensive players, but position players. If, they, if things break right for Hawaii next year, I could see them pushing 500. Yeah, I mean, Manny Aguilar Jr. is a better hitter than what he did this year. There's just no no question about it. He should be... Yeah, uh, but was this dead. a rookie? He should be 130 runs created guy. And so, yeah, you're right. Some of the rookies struggle, right? You know, I think that Fernando Martinez is a decent player. Um, Dave Talent's a decent player. Martinez is the kind of guy that you just you need to have. That is, he does his job. He does it well. He's not going to 
lead or carry your team, but he'll right. And you know what I mean. The same way with a guy like Ernesto Piche. You know, he's just yep. is what he is. Um, great glove, you know. And and uh, Drebrand, the best is a little bit, probably a little bit better than what he did this year. It's definitely better than what he did this year. So those guys bounce back and they pick up a bat somewhere. It's, I could see them being in the wild card picture even next season. I mean, it's it's. I could also see them losing a hundred games again. I think they'd have to have some things work out that haven't worked out. But um, they weren't a surprise this year. And Valencia, you kind of already heard my thoughts. I think they've got parts and pieces, but um, they don't have a team. And Valencia's got some superstar pieces. Like, they're not, I mean... Yeah, but, like, look at what we saw out of Edmonton with a bunch of superstar pieces. When you don't fill the rest of the team out, it doesn't matter. It doesn't, you know, you can have as many yeah. of those as you want, but you can't make a team out of five players, and that's what they have, right? And um, some of those players are playing out of position because they play the same positions. Like, Mahaffey and Wilton Rivera are both left fielders, and they're not even particularly good ones. And then uh, Ramon Pagan is probably a right fielder um, eventually. I mean, he can, he can scratch it and set it now. You know, but, I mean, if you, if, you look at the, if you look at the top really like five or six of that lineup, especially the top four, but even all the way through six, like that's a lineup that can do some damage. Right. But they have, they allowed almost, they allowed 950 runs this year. That's because they're pitching atrocious. Right. And where are they going to get that? They also did this while having a kind of pitcher friendly ish park. They, the home run rate is up there. Um, largely to right handers. Um, which, you know, again, doesn't really fit the profile of the players they have. Uh, well, you know, Salapa and Pagan, maybe. Um, yeah. But where where is this team? They had their chance to get it with dealing away Flores, and frankly, I, I thought the return for that was underwhelming, and that's putting it, well, kindly. Yeah. I don't know that they could have gotten a whole lot better. Um, there's growing profit. So Chen, Chen could be like a number two. Why is the game rate him for a four? That's interesting. So he's like a eight six eight uh, starter. You know his motion's a little weak against lefties, um, but they've only got him. Oh, he's twenty seven. That's why his potential's so low because he's not going to develop any more than he currently is. Okay. Um, profit, profit, good. Profit, profit could be good, um, but he's not yet, and he's twenty four with an undeveloped slider, and you kind of wonder will that pitch ever. Whatever happened? I gotta look at the rating. But whatever happened to Gerald Keynes? I thought he was supposed to be a lot better than he lump. Uh, no, he's on the DL. Um, repeated injuries. I mean, he just said finger. Bl- no, not really, because it's oblique strain, finger blisters, dehydration. Oh, he's got shoulder inflammation that's out for three months right now. But maybe he just lumped on I mean, his own. Yeah, because I remember you're right. I remember the other thing is like maybe this is a guy that we find out from the ratings change wasn't as good. That's what it was. He was nine six seven before the change, and that must have, you know, it's not, wasn't an exceptional nine. It was kind of, you know, it was probably, everything was probably on the low end of what it was. And, um, Although, if you look at it, no, because he, he stayed a nine after the conversion until this last development when he went down to a seven. Yeah, you're, and you might be right. I don't trust these. Um, or there's something weird. I, I look at my team. I'm looking. I'm looking at the in-game scouting. So am I. On him. So am I. But the thing is, is that like 
some of those things that say starter are relievers, and some of the ones that say relievers are starters, they're not correct anymore. Like, uh, if you look at... Um, He's listed as a starter. I, I understand that, but the, the, the scout things, like where it says what they're listed at, aren't right, like, a lot. Oh. Um, if you look at, look at, go ahead and look at my team, look at Jamie Mercado, or Jaime Mercado. Oh, you mean the abused Jamie Mercado? Yes. Well, I, mean, uh, I, I see where Rom was going now. Like his, his point is that the game was <laughs> calling it that, and so I should have played it that way. And he's probably right, but I was assuming that the game, stupidly, that the game would be using Pap in a responsible manner or whatever. That's a water under the bridge. Um, look at Jaime Mercado, right? So the ratings change it, as of October fourth, twenty thirty-seven. Yeah, it has him with eight. It's stuff. the same thing that just happened. To- he never had eight stuff. Like as a starter after the ratings change, he had eight stuff before the ratings change, and that control loss loss there is the ratings change doing that. He has six stuff as a starter after the ratings change, but it hasn't listed as starter there. So I don't know that I trust that on teams. Um, I these things are all okay, screwed that's up fair. right now. There's something really that's weird fair. happening. Uh, if you take a guy like if you put a guy on the DL, it changes them to reliever half the time. It's it's really something. I would like to see that get fixed because um, it, it makes the scouting stuff really hard. Um, yeah. Anyway, moving on to Heartland. So I think the, I think the biggest surprise in that division is Yellow Springs, right? Like, well, no, I think the biggest surprise is that Omaha's good. They're not good, or at least the both. Well, I mean, good by record. Right. I agree. Like they're, they're not. They're, they're, Omaha is the luckiest team in the league. Um, yeah, that's why I guess I'd say the biggest surprise is that they won that division because right, like, they're they're not like to the tunes of eleven wins better by base runs and twelve wins better by Pythagorean rear record. They are they are exceptionally lucky, and they don't even have like the makeup of a team that gets lucky. Like teams that overachieve tend to be home run hitters, which they are, but also tend to have like strong bullpens. Um, and yes, terrible bullpen, and really doesn't really have that great of pitching at all. Um, no. So it, and they just they just hit some they just hit sequencing luck this year. Just everything you know, everything worked out. Um, and that's not to say they're not a bad team. I find it hard to believe that this should be a sub five hundred team. Um, but I. I think I think they're down in the mid eighties. Like I think they're I think I don't see much of a difference between them and Yellow and not Yellow Springs, uh Long Beach. Um I think there are I think their offense is considerably better. Um No, but I mean as far as overall, like if you're asking me to predict records for those two teams, I would put them in the same ballpark. Yeah, I think it's fair. Um and it, you know they're I, I like Barnard. I don't like Georges, never have. Barnard, I admit I'm biased against Barnard, but that's because I don't like low stamina starters. We, this is something that we've right. had discussed before. And, yeah. yeah, but you know, poor stamina those, starters for me just don't. Right. No, I mean he could he could be useful if you know what I mean. But right. that's just my I admit it's my own personal bias, no, which I, I acknowledge. And clueless, solid, and um, yeah, I, I just. Well, he had Stoller and Matume get hurt, which right. doesn't help. No, and that's the, but I that's, that's also the, I haven't done. That's well, I haven't done Pap the last. I didn't do it the last two seasons just because I've been busy with real life 
shit. But he, the last couple years before that, he was running it up with his guys. So he still doesn't appear to have his counts. Um, so I think there's a good job. There's a good chance that Stoller is done. Um, he is. He is no longer going to. If he comes back, he will be vastly diminished or immediately injured again. Um, Radial nerve decompression surgery. That just. I mean, I don't even know what that is, and that just sounds bad. Oh, it's. I. You know, it, that's. One of these things, I got kind of sidetracked and stopped caring. I'm going to ask Ron to send me the injury list again now the season's over. Um, we see that actually a lot. I don't know that that's a thing that happens in actual baseball. Um, but we see like, like three that, or four of them a year. And um, the radial I mean, nerve... That just sounds... I don't think the radial nerve like gets compressed in the elbow. Like, that's the thing that's weird about it. That. Like, it, there's, there's spots where the radial nerve actually can have compression issues. And I'm not sure the elbow's one of them. But I could be totally wrong about that. That's one of those things that just sounds like something you don't want as a pitcher. That's actually not that big <laughs> like, deal. Um, I, I mean, as a pitcher, it's horrible, I guess. As a, I don't know. I, but, I, but I, look at, look at like, Mark, the number of injuries Carson Stoller has had. Like He's done. He's cooked. Is it, is it almost as many as the number of pitches he's thrown? It's almost a whole page. Like His injury history yeah. almost fills up the page. Um, and... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve injuries since the beginning of two thousand six, and two thousand thirty. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, two thousand thirty six, and it's. I mean, elbows in there a lot. And then uh, I was. Uh, I did. I've always kind of liked Martin Marin. I tried to pry him from Marco a time or two, so it was nice to see him kind of break out a little bit. I mean, with, at least with the power. I thought the average might be a little higher than it was. He can he can launch a baseball. Oh, okay. I forgot that it goes through the yeah, that it goes through the supinators right there. That's fair. I guess that's where it is. It's not a it, it's it's not really an elbow thing. It's a forearm thing. Um, oh, fair. But it's a like proximal forearm just below the elbow goes through kind of where the supinator muscles are. And that makes sense in pictures. Anyway, I don't know how often that happens, and that's one of the weird things. Like when you're looking at these injuries, is that like they're OTP lists them one way, and some of the ways are like things that we used to call stuff, but they always change what they're calling an injury now. You know, they used to call this, now they call that. It's the same thing, so that makes it a little confusing. But again, they, you know, they've got they've got decent pitchers. They're just well, they might not anymore. So, so you think Omaha's a surprise there? I think I think Yellow Springs still is. Um, I didn't expect them to be like they were, but they were like a ninety-five to hundred win team every. And so, yes, everybody's, you know, well, they lost two of their best three players. I think they lost two of their best two players, but I don't know. They, you know they, they've still got some incredible bats. And Their pitching just shat the bed. Right, and I think that's the huge that's the huge surprise, right? Like, Carlos Valle is uh, just better than this. Just, he's just better than this. That shouldn't have happened. And I don't understand how... Unless it's just, you know, I'm a rookie and I'm sorting it out. But Ernesto Ramos should be better than this, you know. And dog face is done. Ron's acknowledged. So that's, you know. Dog face is Ricardo Diaz level done. Like it's, I mean. Oh, uh, yeah, I don't think he's quite that done yet. Diaz, Diaz, <laughs> is, Diaz is impressive. Oh, no, yeah. Jose Chavez still has, like, above average stuff in movement. Like, he's still, like, a, yeah, like, legitimately could, could start. He's a lefty. But, like, the season Lucas McNeil put together is really just shocking, right? Like, how does 
How does that? Even he happen? got his money. He got his money. Maybe the game is more realistic than we think. Guy got paid. Guy starts sucking. Like you get paid that much. <laughs> like I, I imagine if you had like if I earned ninety five million dollars this year, which is kind of what that would translate to. I made ninety five million. I don't know that I could focus on baseball. I might just just be like buying yachts and like doing yacht demolition and spending time with and spending time with your pop star girlfriend. Right. I I would I would be finding creative ways to blow things up. That's what I would be doing with that kind of money. He didn't even have. He went from slashing three twenty three four fourteen five seventy two. So slashing 240, 297, 431. Right. It's it's remarkable. Uh, He had a 100-point drop in Babbitt, which some of that, I mean, last year's Babbitt was clearly unsustainable, but he's like a career 330 guy, and he had a 270. He struck out, like, his strikeouts trend may be bad, but he struck out 18% before, and that's what he did in 2036. But he's, you know, Four to five percent higher than that this year. Um, well, the walks, he just the walks. stopped walking. That's weird. Like that's just odd that he just completely stopped walking. I don't think he lost him. Because um, the power numbers, if you look at the, I mean, the power numbers were little down, but not much. He stopped walking and he stopped hitting triples. Well, his ISO drops <laughs> by like seven, by sixty or seventy-two. I mean, like he's he just. Just didn't show up at all. You know, the you know, Ron, I think, asked, I wonder how much of that is playing in second base. Like, does he just, you know, you struggle there? Does that, does that make you suck? Otherwise, um, I, I don't know. I, like, I, I mean, he, he, shouldn't be a, he shouldn't be a bad second baseman. Okay, so. I mean, um, it's not like he's. The, the timing on these is different. Oh, he should be a bad second baseman. He should absolutely be a bad second baseman. Five range at second base is bad. Like there's just like there's there's just baseballs going by him. All right, counter counterpoint to the you're bad at defense, you're struggle at defensive position, and it's affects your offense. Jared Gilstrom is a five range second baseman, and well, he didn't suck at the plate. No, no, I, I yeah, I don't know that it's consistent. I you know I, I just think it's a it's a question that's worth asking. I, I don't know. I feel like I've seen guys that I'm trying to teach extra positions in the minors that aren't good at them struggle a little bit and then stop when I stop doing it. But that just may be me reading too much, you know, like uh, remembering the results I want to and, and forgetting the ones I don't. I forget the name of that particular type of bias. So, Lucas McNeil question. When all is said and done, which contract will be worse? I mean, I know which one I'd rather have right now, but we're looking at the total from the times they were signed. This one or the Carlton Vincent contract? Ooh. Oh, I gotta look at Winston. Winston's still a, a solid player, um, but I feel like also the, what's the best? I feel like four hundred and three hundred. But oh my god, the Winston just contract looking. has almost as much left on it still. Holy shit! Yeah, because remember he signed he signed it with a whole like season to go. I think like I think he signed it. Yeah, I don't know, man. These are they're both bad. Yeah, I was just saying they're. Although I think I'd take the McNeil one. I I would rather have. You can get out of it. You can you can be guaranteed to be out of the McNeil one sooner. If you just bench him for the last couple seasons or for the fourth yeah, season. Yeah, if you just I mean if if you have to, you can get out of that one easier. And I think that's the reason I do it. 
And I think McNeil has a much better chance to bounce back to some level of being a really, really good bat. Like, he may not. This may be the beginning of his decline. This may be what we saw in Winston in, in 2035. But we don't know that yet, and we know that Winston's diminished. Right? We, we know that he's not going to return like, to being a big end player. Winston's still a decent player. I mean... You know, he's still a decent player, but... I mean, he's still making... He'll be making nearly as much as, as McNeil, and he has no chance of being maybe even an all-star again. Whereas I think we don't know that about... The problem with that Winston... Player. The problem with that Winston deal is that takes him through his 39-year-old season. Yeah, I don't think he's going to... No, wait. He doesn't 38-year-old. Yeah. All right, so I guess back to other teams in the Heartland. Uh, I mean, Twin Cities. And Even though they're going to... They they're about me all year, and they're going to knock me out of the playoffs. It's nice to see it coming together for them, because they, they've been pretty snake-bitten with injuries and lack of development and stuff not working out, so... And they almost like lost their way out of the they're, playoffs. And... That's they were they are what we thought they were though. Yeah. All credit to Mike Gun to uh, Dennis Green for that one. I mean, we thought they'd be high eighties, low nineties, and that's ninety wins will yeah. fall. Madison, I think, is a little bit of a surprise to me, only because I was stupid and didn't pay attention to how many incredible bats they put together. It is a lot. It is a large number. Just kept right on. I mean, doing what John Mick does. Well, he was down a little bit this year. I mean, his on-base percentage is, is, has been slowly trending down. But, again, as you pointed out earlier, when every time you come to come to the plate, moderator's on base in front of you. And if not him, then, you know, healer or, or somebody else is, is there. It, it does definitely give you our Or power. now, Hotham. What's up? Popo in, the two, Popo in the two spots. A nice pickup right there for him. Yeah, it's a really, I think it's a really, really good. I, I like Nicola Machiavelli a lot. I would love to have that player. You know, just this is just a really well put together offense. It's pretty impressive. And he went um, kind of the uh, Tyler Simmons light route and just assembled a bunch of somewhat underwhelming number three and four starters. And with that offense, it was enough. You know, it, it, was, it was definitely enough. I mean, I. I mean, I'm not sure he has any number three starters in there, but <laughs> I think they're number four, number five guys. Well, but it also it also looks like the low movement experiment is over. Like we've transitioned away from that, right? Because these guys are all fives and sixes now. But he has, I don't know who else he's going to start in the playoffs, but if he goes with a three man, his starters are five, six, six, five, five, eight, and four, five, eight. He has not one starter with more than league average stuff. No, but he didn't care about that during the year. So um, I think if he, you know, if he hits, he's going to win. If he doesn't, if somebody shuts him down, like if they can, if you can hold him to four runs, you probably beat him. It's, uh, it's yeah. nice when the math is simple. Well, and he gets, and I don't know, he faces Omaha in the first round, and I don't know if Omaha can shut him down. Shall we discuss Des Moines? I don't really want to. I feel like it's just piling on. They. Was there? I'm going to see if there's anybody that. I mean, the Don, we praised the Don Draper signing, so we're smart because that one worked out well. Yeah, you know, I just don't. Ed, Ed decided to change tack and, and kind of rebuild. I think he did a little bit too late. That's been discussed in previous podcasts. But I, when he once he moved those two players, he was going to be bad. That's all there is to it, right? Like you, you trade your two best yep. players, and you, you're a 
mediocre team to start with, you are instantly become a very bad team. As we talked about on an earlier one, I don't think Ed's allowed to have outfielders. I'm not sure what happened to Regner Lothbrock this year. Uh, injuries, I believe. I feel like that's the answer. Should be the answer to everything. If you don't know, just Heart assume they were hurt. No, I, I mean, I don't know if you can count heart palpitations as a injury, well, but um, it's because he was so nervous about being bad. <laughs> he, had, he had the vapors. Elwood or, Blues fell off the cliff. It looks like Elwood Blues was always going to fall off the cliff. You know, like he he was like up and down. He's been up. I feel like he's been unreliable throughout his career. He had forearm stiffness. Um, not El Rekulov Rock. Yeah, but it wasn't. I mean, that was late in the season, wasn't it? Though. Yeah, he tore a meniscus last year. I don't know if that affected him. It looks like he's been um, a really borderline low motion pitcher, and with the ratings change, you can really see that. And he gave up. Like if he'd thrown 200 innings, he would have given up 50 home runs this year. So that's what happened to him. Is everybody hit the baseball out of the ballpark? That is not a, not a good thing to do. No. Um, uh, Mario Villarreal has just not not the pitcher he was when he was in Louisville. Hasn't been for a while. That's not surprising. Patrick Patchett. Patrick Patchett struggled badly. Yeah. And, you know, he might bounce back a little bit on he's 30. And Elwood Blues, yeah, Elwood Blues is always kind of up and down guy, I feel like. So, I, you know, just everything, like, what happens when you have a bunch of almost good enough players is your team's terrible. All right, so you want to do Atlantic or Sunbelt first and work our way from there? Well, let's, let's go with the Atlantic. Rockville, you know, back to back to we are what they thought they were. They thought they were. I mean, that's there's the other yep. triple crown. That, I think that's pretty cool. Like two pitching triple crowns. Double triple. Although yeah, neither, and although neither one of them actually won the baseball one, but um, so I don't know if that matters. That's still pretty neat. And also. Also, Dempster technically split his because he tied for the league lead in wins. Yeah, close enough. Don't care. It's still pretty cool. Um, <laughs> what was the... Brooklyn. Uh, the most important thing to me about Rockville is what was the vesting option on Enrique Gomez? That's that's the most important thing. I want to say it was like 160-something. 160, 160 innings pitched, and he came in at 156.2. Good job, Aaron. <laughs> well done. <laughs> Absolutely. So you know what you know what the, you know what the important thing about this is. Fred like a, Holmes can sign him. Fred Holmes can sign him. Oh, and he can get his franchise records. He might do that. That is, if I don't sign him and uh, hold him hostage. I don't know that I would sign Enrique Gomez. He might be completely useless next year. Oh. I need to find Enrique Gomez so I can see what he's fallen to. He is four eight eight. Has dropped his velocity has, has lumped four times this season. Fortunately, his sinker has survived that. But as soon as his sinker, I mean, it's diminished. And, and if he stays as he is now, I'd be perfectly happy to have him. But the problem with losing sinker rating is you lose motion with it. And so let's say that sinker goes to a six and his stuff gets to a low four and his movement goes down to like a seven or a six, he's done. That's it. So, so question, because you're the. You're far better at this than I am. Now that he's up to a five stamina, is it worth even convert? Thinking of picking him up and converting no. him? No. You don't convert declining pitchers. One of the biggest benefits to RP conversions is the velocity bump. 
Well, it's not. I mean, it's 50-50. The, the, the pitches changing as well happen. But, like, if you were to make his velocity 100, if you went to the editor and made Enrique Gomez's velocity 100, it would be back to 90 by the end of next year. The game has, like, an internal aging curve. Once you are on the part of the curve where it's moving your velocity, it does not matter what you do with the editor. It will still continue to move on that curve. So doing RP conversions on guys that are already losing velocity doesn't really work. He's too old. Good to know. Um, and then the other question with Rockville is, how much money is Arthur Dempster going to get next year? I don't know. He might get it out of free Besides all of it. Well, oh, I'm not saying he's going to get it from Rockville, but who is somebody is going to give Arthur Dempster all of the money. Is he going to be a free agent? Yes, he sure he... is. Well, because Aaron can't extend him because he still has Enrique Gomez's fifteen million. Got a week to negotiate with him though. He got like a week or two. Like he'll have, he'll be able to decline that vest and, and throw a, you know, throw a Godfather offer at him if he wants to. You can get a deal done in the window that's there. Well, but even if he de- even if he declines the vesting option. And he accepts, and all his other arbitrations come in the ballpark. He can give him thirty million. You can give him twenty. No, you're forgetting that he's already making eleven. He's already making twelve. But he, that's not factored in anything next year. He's got a blank spot next year. Oh, whoops. He doesn't have a, he de- he doesn't have a current twelve for next year. He's got nothing. Oh, he's for got next a blank year. spot for next year. Right, 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 right. Oh right. yeah. Yes, he sure is. That's why I said somebody is going to give him all of the money. Maybe it's a blessing in disguise for for Aaron just because now he can't overpay his own guy. Well, the interesting thing, he could also, it might also force Bob Coleman out of the open market. Because if he wants to decline that five and a half. Yeah, you could do that and you can replace him more easily. But I still don't know if you can replace Dempster. I just think that the Dave, you and I talked about this previously, that Dave Martin trade is starting to look pretty bad. Just because, not because he's not great, he's not a good pitcher and the extension isn't reasonable. It's just because it, once you did that, with that and Dan Cannon, you can't bring Dempster. Maybe he'll find, maybe Aaron's got a plan. I don't know. I should ask him before I really talk about this too much. Uh, but they're not a surprise, right? Rockville's exactly uh, what we expected. What do you Brooklyn, think we did. I didn't know what to expect from them, so fair. Yeah. Um, you should make some stuff up to talk about Brooklyn. I'm going to go find out what I wrote about them in the media guide. I think I wrote, I don't know. Can you, can can you just insert a, music, just insert a music clip of a, a song moves her body like a cyclone? Uh, right now? <laughs> you realize that there is a decent chance that both Mauro Flores and Arthur Dempster will be on the free agent market this year, right? That's kind of awesome. Why would Flores be on the free agent market? Because he's a free agent. If I scroll through, already. Oh, that's right. Because Brooklyn is so fucking over the. This is their all in year. Yeah. Um, Yep. I predicted. So we're gonna. Since I have predictions, we should. You know, we'll go back and do the. uh, We'll see how smart Aaron was. Uh, I predicted Rockville to be ninety-three and seven, but I did predict them a hundred wins. So I got the order. Hey, you want to hear my order for the? my projected order for the Atlantic. Rockville, Brooklyn, well, I'm guessing Montreal, you had... Atlantic City, Charm City. How'd I do? There you go. Not bad. At a boy. T- I had 86 wins for Brooklyn. And, and 89. Yeah, I'm okay with this. Montreal, I had a little better than I expected them to be. or But they were... Or I had them a little better than they ended up. But 
they traded stuff. So in Atlantic City, I had a lot better than 68 wins. But also, I think that um, they overachieved last year, and I've just started giving Josh the benefit Josh. of the doubt because he's beat me a whole bunch. Um, but not beat, but yeah. beat my predictions a whole bunch. So uh, I was right this time, but I wasn't smart enough to say I was right this time. So, damn. But yeah, so Mauro Flores is going to be a free agent. And, I mean, it'll be interesting to see who gets a... Dempster should get a bigger deal. I'm assuming he gets there, I, unless Aaron can find a way to get it done in that one-week window, which he's going to have to completely overpay him if he wants to get it done. Unless, we don't know. Sometimes the game's still cute. You know, people will take sweetheart deals, so who knows. I doubt it, right? Like, I really doubt it. Like, what, this will be a, a clear best pitcher in the league season. The game's calling him the best pitcher in the league. He has three Nebraskas, oh, or just two. I think he's got two, and this is going to be his third. But uh, he's got to be asking for you know McNeil type money. Yeah, he Who has. He's got Brooklyn losing, so Moral Flores is going to free agency. I think Balderas does he have a mutual option, or is that just a player opt out? Hold on, player opt out. Balderas is an opt out. Yeah, he could opt out at twelve five though. He'd be stupid to do well, so. Wait. But oh, hold on. No, so Balderas. Balderas is an opt-out after next year. Oh, wait. Yep, you're right. I can't read the financial. I'm not doing well today. Um, Alfredo Martinez is the opt-out after this year. Right, 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 right. think he's going to be a free agent? Uh, He might be. I think so. I think he'll opt-out. Maybe not. Oh, he might. And if both of those guys opt-out, Brooklyn will be under the cap next year. Good for them. Look at, can you explain to me what's going on on there? Are, are those players they traded? Those are players they traded. Is that how it works? No, those are players they picked up for free. That's what Fred is paying all of their salaries, basically. Oh, okay. Or not Fred, but various guys are paying. He sent prospects for all those players. And That's it's just he's been, funny. I'm just not used to looking at players with no dollar amount next to their name. Yeah, he put, he's paying. They're playing for him for free. Somebody else is paying the full freight. God, look at... Dude, you know what? Just when I was excited, because Allen had, like, broken the budget so badly, like, he was something like $40 million over budget when the season started, he doesn't stop there. He trades for players and doesn't pay any of them to get even more massively... I don't know. As of, as of right now, he is at $124 million for next year. Right. And that's... Yeah, that's about $14 million of Mario Flores, so... Um, I think Brooklyn is potentially one of the more dangerous playoff teams. I don't know how you feel about that. Allen's really good at matchups. Um, yes, he. Yeah. Who's their first matchup? Well, it depends on if we get uh, who has the tie. Who has the tiebreaker between Mexico City and Vegas? It's Brooklyn, Mexico City. Um, oh, I think uh, somewhere, somewhere Fred Holmes is throwing things. Yeah, I'm sure this is not a team you particularly want to face. But like their their pitching strategy, which carries them through, which he does really well with during the season, is going to be even more effective in the playoffs because the guys will be all you know. If you don't play every day, they're more rested. I those are both dangerous teams, though. I mean, that's a that's a really um, getting a little ahead of ourselves. But that's and also, really, really also he has he has Fernando Cruz. He of the six divisional six division round MVPs. Yeah, this is Fernando's time to shine. 
we need to get a move on though. We're uh, we're over an hour already. We're not we're not getting anywhere. Um, uh, Montreal, we already well, we kind of already mentioned. We blew through kind of the rest of the. Yeah, uh, uh, we don't really care about Atlantic City or Charm City. Sorry, Josh. Sorry, uh, sorry. Charm Slot. City said a worth noting. Charm City set a all time Bruce Wall since '95 record for strikeouts in a season. Batting strikeouts in a Good season. Good job, guys. So, um, where do you go? Be surprised by Jacksonville. The surprising thing is whether or not Jackson or what's going on with Tyler. We haven't heard much of him recently. God, I hope he sticks around. He's so good. He's I agree. Guy. Fun to talk to. I we squeaked out. I squeaked out on predictions. Huntsville hasn't made the playoffs yet. Yep, Didn't and we're close. done. This is the last season of it. Oh, we're done. We lost. Lost the last five games. Oh, Kyle he is damn. I don't know if Kyle throws things. I imagine he throws things. Or at least Steve's. I bet he doesn't throw. I bet he says a lot of, like, just highly stoked he's a, interfering. Isn't he a Philly guy? They throw snowballs at Santa Claus. Of yeah, course he throws things. Oh, uh, he's a nice-ish. Ish. Yeah, I don't know if I can say Kyle's nice. Um, he doesn't seem like your typical, like, angry Phillies fan. But, and then New Orleans is kind of what we thought. Yeah, transition year, right? Well, let's get to your buddy. Uh, I think I don't think this year could have gone worse, Brett. No, I, I really was, don't. Like no, they, but the but the at the same time it couldn't have gone worse, and he still ended up with seventy five wins. Whereas uh, the, a couple of years ago, Nashville was loved to get the seventy five wins. I almost got this one right. I had Jacksonville, Huntsville, Nashville, New Orleans, Louisville. So I flipped New Orleans. I had New Orleans seventy and ninety two, and Nashville eighty one and eighty one. And I, Nashville might have they might have the silk winner in the uh, Johnson though, because Justin Jackson is awfully good at baseball. Yeah, I think they're bad. Oh wow, he had a good year. I haven't looked at, this, at the at that league too hard for batters. I bet someone's been better than him. But that's a really, really, really good year. And this is led the league in OP- He led the of- league in OPS and WAR. Did I mean, you think that they were going to be 11th in offense and 8th in pitching? That's really weird, right? No. Like, how, why was their offense not better? Too many. Was it the, the, I don't. the other guys? Like, Kamani had a great year. Um, you know, Jackson had a great year. Tufu Young was amazing, but he was good. Uh, Suarez kind of. Suarez didn't perform. But he wasn't. I think bad. that one was. A, yeah, but that was a step back from what it was last year. Ariola kind of shit the bed after coming out. He kind of almost batted himself into shape. Like, how is this a? How is this offense so bad? That's weird. There's a surprise. I mean, I, there were holes like the, the you know the bat the last few. You know, I mean, we knew Sam Wade and Manuel Martinez were not going to be particularly good, but that's kind of shocking that they hit so poorly. I don't think anybody's surprised by the pitching. I, I feel bad that Peefner seemed to be turning around for me, and then he went back to being crap for Brett. That makes me feel bad. Um, and the rest of the pitchers are not good, and he had injuries. So more or less what we expected to see out of the pitching staff anyway. Um, and it's pretty. Louisville went pretty much exactly what everybody thought it would be. I'm sad that Kevin Morales is apparently not good anymore. He was, I mean, he ended up being, I mean, he's okay, but he was absolutely incredible a couple of years uh, ago. <laughs> I actually think Kevin Morales is still a number two. I think his ratings back it up. 
His I'm ground ball rate is kind of not changed. His picks per nine are up a little bit over a few years ago, but they're not bad. He's not allowing. So why is he, Why is he only a sixty? Uh, the the they're those they're they're bug. They're just not very good. Is what I've kind of kind of learning from that. You know, I mean, the guy's yeah, he's not as good as he used to be. Um, it's kind of interesting because I don't think he should be this bad. He's not bad, but I, I feel like he should still be better than this. How better is splits? Is that the issue? Not really. I think you can get a little more out of him. You can bounce back some. And, you know, guy Pepe, who, yeah, Pepe, Pepe has. Yeah, yeah, and that's again. Like, look at the ratings. That's you know, eight stuff now is is pretty damn good. And seven movements pretty reasonably. You know, it's good. You know. Six control is bad. I mean, if that's your worst yeah. of the three, well, that's it's better than average still, right? Ron had all the averages in and under six somewhere. So getting back to that, like uh, Ron and I were dithering about like average, and he's right. Like I was saying five was average, and I guess I was using the wrong words. Five is an acceptable big league tool. That doesn't mean it's average, right? Because a lot of players are going to have better than acceptable big league tools. All right, last division, Phoenix. Is this where I tell you that I'm oh. right, that Meyer is a good baseball player, and you were wrong? change really kind of shown some light on that um phoenix was a little lucky though uh if you look at base runs mexico city like they're all within a game of each other like those three teams all were you know really close and the um actually if you go by base runs i think that san antonio is just barely behind these guys vegas 88 mexico city 86 san antonio 86 phoenix 84 so i mean that's wow. a, that's a pretty Clustered division. San Antonio was the. Where was Wichita? Where was Wichita? Uh, bad. Um, about where they actually maybe a little better than they. Which is seventy-one and eighty-nine. So they had two. They had were uh, stats plus hasn't updated to account for the Mexico City. Oh, because Wichita okay. had a doubleheader against Mexico City. Gotcha. Okay. Um. So well, maybe those other ones will change a little bit then. But um, yeah, these teams are all really, really close They're- to each other. Um. San, you know, we mentioned Omaha is the luckiest team in the league. San Antonio is the least lucky, um, which is so unfortunate because uh, Calvaruso doesn't deserve any more bad luck. But they were negative yeah, nine from their expected win totals. That's that's pretty awful. And he spent and he spent all of the money to try to. Yeah, I'm glad Mexico City came back um, because I don't think that they should have. You know, it's like one of those where like when what you think happens should happen happens after not happening feel better. You know, you don't feel like yeah. lost and hopeless where you don't know what's going on. Let's see what Mr. Uh, Mr. Smart predictor guy. Um, I had Las Vegas, Mexico City, Phoenix, San Antonio, Wichita, and I had 93, 92, 91, 70, 59. So, I didn't really do well in the order at the top there, but I feel I, I said this was close and I didn't have any idea what would happen. Um, and that's kind of what happened. So good. Thad Meyer, huh? And Meyer's good. I tried to tell you this, and you didn't want to listen to me. Well, you know, I... One of the if there's I've, one thing that you said, you know pitching, I know offense. One of the things I've learned from the ratings <laughs> change is that I have been undervaluing contact hitters. And um, I think the reason for that is I would rather have a well, well-rounded guy than a guy with, like, one huge tool. Um, uh, and um, 
what the ratings shift has showed me a little bit is that some of these guys that had these, you know, a distinctly, one really distinctly advanced skill um, are actually considerably better at that thing than I thought they were. You know, Thad Meyer almost didn't budge with the rating shift, which is impressive and shows us how good of a contact and gap power that he is. But I don't think I ever completely argued that Thad Meyer wasn't really good. What I argued is that, although did he play right field this year and he's still that valuable? Okay, I'm just wrong. It's wrong. I was wrong about Thad Meyer. He won that one. Yeah, because he had Ripley in center. I was right about Ripley, right? Not enough contact. Yeah. To, I mean, I have no pride. I would love to have Ripley on my team. Um, but I think there was some like, man, is this going to guy be a huge superstar? No. Because he struck out 228 times. Which I'd have to look, but I'm pretty sure that was almost 228 times. Man, is baseball changed. Do you remember when like 100 strikeouts was a bad season? <laughs> well, you might not. But if you struck out 100 times in the mid-90s, it was like, oh, that guy's a bum. I mean, they were wrong, but, like, 228 strikeouts. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I had, a bad, I had a bad connection, but, yeah. That's a third of his plate appearances. Like, one out of three times he went up to the plate, he struck out. That's just incredible. You know what you should do? I should, uh, team log. Find out how many gold, how many, like, various sombreros he had this year. Not that many. I'm only I'm, I'm through September and August, and there's only one, just... one gold. He was just consistently striking out. There's two golden sombreros, three, four, five, five golden sombreros this year. I would have, would you have thought it? Would, I would have thought it'd be more than that. Huh. He was just consistent. <laughs> he just struck out every game. <laughs> A lot. Oh yeah. And if you look at his fielding, didn't really live up to those monster ratings that he has. No, but uh, his range is the weakest one, right? So range is still nine. Yeah, nine is like not an exciting center field range anymore. It's a it's a good one. It's it's good, but it's not like an amazing one. I don't think anybody is surprised by anything that Las Vegas is, right? Las Vegas is Las Vegas. Yep, Mexico City at this point. Yeah, thank goodness they came. San Antonio. Back. You know, let's talk about San Antonio. If you had to pick which of those three players they signed would have had the best year, were you going to go with Chang? No, I'd probably go with, well, I mean, what were Chang had? I mean, he won the overall batting title, which yeah. I mean. I probably would have gone with the guy that was the worst. I would have thought that um, De Castillo was the best of those three players. And I probably, just due to my inherent biases that I've learned about this year with contact hitters, I probably would have picked Jesus Gonzalez um, ahead of Chang. Not because I really ever thought Jesus Gonzalez was that good, but because he just kept being good. You know, we talked about this during the signing one where, like, he's just been a good player with kind of mediocre crud ratings that didn't budge much with the ratings change. So they must have all, like you said, been on the high end of what they were. But Well, if you look at... Uh... If you look at D Castillo too, he has never really put two consistent seasons together, either good or bad. No, yeah, like so, he's old. right. Uh, so what we what it means is next he's going to be incredible. Maybe, and with his strained hamstring, Chang will lose his speed and no longer be effective. That's the most likely thing because that's what Calvaruso gets. He gets inconsistency. I do like the moves he made, though. I like picking up Ike Kondo. I think that's going to help him going forward. I don't think Kondo's like the 
greatest pitcher in the world, but um, I think he's a good one. I, I do. I like Aki Kondo. I've always liked him. Even when I traded him, I liked him. <laughs> um, okay, so... And then uh, Wichita was just bad. Wichita was like a 500 team for half the year, and I was feeling like I was eating half the and crow. Because I got burnt out when I was writing the previous. Um, and Wichita was I remember you just said... I yeah, said you just said I don't care. I'll be bad, and I don't care. And I said they'd lose like 100-plus games, because I just wanted to use old Stu a little bit. So, uh, Wichita did have the most memorable pitching performance of the year, though. Go to Lane Aldridge. Look at the game log. Yeah, someone. Yep. Wrote, we we've mentioned this already, right? This happened at some point. Not um, on the podcast. We didn't talk about it, but go to his game log and find the one game that stands out. <laughs> um, the game score of negative thirty-eight. Is that the one you're going for? <laughs> Uh, that is fourteen runs in two thirds of an inning uh, against Mexico. So look guys. at this! Like, he literally he he fake gave up thirteen. Like, everybody that I, I don't even know what's a he, he faced sixteen batters a, and fourteen um, of them scored. There's a some of the people here listen to effectively wild you don't, but it's a baseball podcast. Um, anyway, it's uh. They do hypothetical situations. They like they, they answer a lot of email user emails about like or, uh, listener emails about hypothetical situations, and some of them are hilarious. And one of them is um, regarding the, a theoretical manager, like to like the question, like how many intentional walks in a row could a manager do before like someone intervenes? Before like and how would it happen? Right? Would like would they like? physically restrain him and carry him. Like, if he just kept signaling intentional walk, like, over and over and over again, like, how would that, be, like, how many would it take before someone was like, what is, what, what's going on? You know, and like, would they, what do they, what do they do to that? Do they, are they concerned for his health? Like, how would they, like, is, they, like, you know, there's like a medical intervention where they wonder if he's, and this is kind of the same thing, right? Like, it's not quite the same in terms of bizarreness, but like, after, um, this isn't like he's a reliever in a game that was blown out already. He was the starter in, like, it, it what do you... And maybe the, maybe the craziest is he gave up 14 runs in two-thirds of an inning, and he gave up one walk and no home runs. <laughs> oh, I didn't even notice that part. That's unbelievable. Maybe that's why his manager was like, oh, these are just falling in. <laughs> Just bad, bad ball luck. It'll get him eventually. Like you gotta imagine that he's just like the you know the pixels of Lane Aldridge were just staring in at the. Was he like a, you know? I, you know I, what it was looking like. You looking, know, just looking at the dugout. Like, get me the fuck out of here. Like, what? You you'll appreciate. You know what? This is the best analogy, and you'll appreciate this. It's the Patrick Wall Montreal Canadiens situation. When he walks up, when he leaves him on there for nine goals, and then walks over and tells the the owner, "I'm done. I'm never playing for you again," and they trade him. Yeah, yeah that's I what mean, this is. Like, how do you? He faced sixteen batters, and fourteen of them reached, or fourteen of them scored. Fourteen of the sixteen batters and fourteen scored, reached, and fourteen reached, and like, like okay, you give up five runs, and you're like, you know what? Bullpen's tiring. The bullpen was tired, but let's say the bullpen it wasn't because they pitched a lot of innings. But oh, let's say the bullpen was tired. Like you know, we just gotta gut this one out. And then he gives up two more, and set like, and then like he gives up two more, and it's night. Like 
gave up five more runs after like giving up two <laughs> more runs three times. <laughs> the point where you, most teams would pull. Oh, it's bizarre. Like, that's just I don't know. It's a video game, but like it's just awesome. Like just the just the concept of like the manager and the players on the field just <laughs> fucking staring at each other. Like what the Did he kick the manager's dog? Or like sleep with his daughter? Or like <laughs> he left him out there? I enjoy it. This is one of the best box scores ever because if you look down two lines, um, you can see uh, Ismail Pena, who uh, pitched um, shortstop, who now I believe has a career ERA of uh, 162. <laughs> <laughs> may, may never pitch again, and that will be his pitching line for the rest of his life. Um, amazing. That is awesome. If you have an ERA of 162 for a third of an inning, that comes out to a war of negative 0.1. His walks per nine is 108. That's a night. I know, I, mean, I know this is like the small sample size stuff, but it's just funny to see the numbers. Like. And the other great thing is, in that game, Wichita scored 10 runs, and they lost by 17. <laughs> This is the this is the game of the year, right? Like the bad game of the year. Okay. It has to be. Oh, it has to be. Might be one like an all time. Like, I mean, it's not all time because I mean, we, I have, have, we have absentee owners that didn't fill out stabs, and so some guy threw, you know, over and over again. Well, I mean, my my first my first season, I lost twenty to nothing to Aaron before Aaron got good. Like yeah. I lost, I literally lost the game twenty to nothing, and I promptly sent that starting pitcher down to AAA. <laughs> Like, nope, you're done. Next. All right. Let's do some playoff predictions, and then we'll maybe wrap this up. All right, let me pull up the playoff map. Hold on. So first playoff round, well, I've already kind of told you before this, but I think I've got Twin City beating me. I've lost, I've lost nine games to them already this year at one zero. They should beat you, but I, I've learned not to count out Ted Schmidt. So I, you, yeah, I'm taking you. God, I think I'm gonna Madison. Off. Madison, yeah. I think they're just gonna beat the crap out of the Hawks. Not great pitching. Well, stuff. and also, Madison's got the big park. How did these guys do against each other this year? That's, I'm, I was actually just looking. Hold on. It was six to six. Well, yeah, this is why we're confused. I'm still gonna go with Madison. I, I agree. I think in the other league, I think the best two teams are in the um, same, at least in the first round. I think I would take Brooklyn or Mexico City over Vegas or Phoenix. Yeah, but those are four good players. Like I would, those are I would take any. I would take any of those four teams over Madison or Omaha. Yeah, which is so weird. Like that because that's the bad league right now. Like the teams at the bottom are so bad, but the ones at the top are pretty solid. Um, I just like Allen does stuff well. I don't think anybody wants to face him in the playoffs, especially the way his team's constructed. Mexico City's on fire. I don't know who to pick there. I'm going to pick Brooklyn, but I don't know. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I'm going to take Mexico City, but that's just because, I mean, I don't know. And I think, I think I'm going to take Vegas over Phoenix. I'm taking Vegas just because, uh, yeah, I'm worried about Phoenix's pitching. Well, they're all on the DL. Um, not all and his them. offense. And his offense is good, but I don't think it's good enough to. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be stunned if Phoenix won, but I'm gonna take Vegas. 
but I would take Rockville and Jacksonville over the winners of either one of those cities. I would agree with that. And I will take San Fernando and Edmonton over the winners of either of the other cities. I would agree with that also. Yeah. So we got San Fernando versus Edmonton. Ugh, it depends. A lot of that depends on your health. Can you have Raphael back by then? No, I think he's back for the Landis if I get there. Let me look. Hold on. He is out for three weeks. So probably back. Although he's not listed as being eligible for my playoff roster. Okay, so my prediction is he will come back for game seven. You'll put him on the playoff roster. (laughs) And he will be injured for the first six games of that series and pitch game seven. Now, question, do I have to put him on my playoff roster now, or can I leave him on the DL and parachute him in? I think you should be able to put him in between rounds. And if you just communicate directly that's what your plan is, and you have to fix it later, you should you can change. But, uh, yeah, I agree. And I think, I mean, my offense is just going to carry me, I think, against Edmonton. Better than I thought they were, though. Um, I agree. But, but, yeah, we'll go on the other side. Rockville. And who's your winner, then? So you got you versus you got a rematch. You can take yourself in the rematch. They kicked the living shit out of me last year, and then I went and got Bunk Moreland. And although I had already agreed to that trade well before they kicked the shit out of me, um, I'm not picking against myself. I'm gonna I I think it'll be closer, but I think Aaron probably still takes it. All right. Well, I have. I don't um, think I have you beating in dramatic fashion via Luis Hirano. Taking you to the Landis, but I've got Jacksonville over uh, Rockville and Jacksonville over you, largely because the way this works is that as Tyler is AWOL, his team will win the Landis. No exports, he'll just go all the way to the Landis, not exporting at all. And here's the question If he wins, that'll be his third Landis in the decade. Does that make him a dynasty? Yes. Um, But is it the real question is if he wins, is it his Landis? Like, <laughs> well, he exported. He's exported. The, he he did drop an export in there. Well, one like one of the last seven. True. I don't know if you got this last one in. I mean, I'm sure he's just got something going on. He's busy. Um, yeah. Um, I think we should wrap up here. We've run a little long, so thanks to everybody that listened. Um, we got a little kind of off topic and, and rambly that turned from like a brief surprises into a review of everyone's season. But I hope people that listened enjoyed. Thanks again to Randy for being here. And I hope that you adjust well to your life in Menomina. Yes. 